This week's episode is brought to you by Vomit. When your body has things that it just can't take anymore, sometimes it will trigger an involuntary reflex to then send all of that rocketing out of your mouth into whatever is in front of you. Vomit can be used to prevent death, disease, and make you look badass at the New Year's party, while also making a huge mess. Vomit. Don't eat Epicac for this one. Nine root beer. And, I'm throwing out this time. Oh wait. Yeah, th- they didn't hear it. They didn't hear that. So uh, we apologize for the missed episode. But last week I did a total dad move and hit record when I thought I was hitting stop and vice versa. So you can, you can blame me for that. But also Matt had to be was like, excuse me. So you know that that, that was something not everybody maybe wanted to hear. Slash was hilarious, but <laughs> it, it it was hilarious for somebody. That's true. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious for me. That's for sure. Um, so we got a few things to talk about. First off, like uh, every other Zeroth Dragon, the new one for Stargate was revealed this morning, and yep. uh, at the, time the only thing was, revealed on the stream for some reason. I mean, he's a big dude. Gonna he he demands his own. Uh, own space when revealed. It's a, it's a big dude with a really small effect. Yeah. So, Zeroth, Dragon of Destroy Star, Stark. Um, yeah. So, <coughs> what? The I whole thought... Destroy Star part is kind of silly. I mean, Destroyer Star seems like it would make more sense. Star of Destruction. That, that works too. Zeroth, Dragon oh. of Star Destruction? I don't know. Whatever. Zeroth, Dragon of the Death Star. <laughs> Yes. And then, and then Disney's lawyers are like, yeah, we need to talk to you, Bushiroad. Um, so his skill is, like every Zareth Dragon, you counterblast two when he's placed on Vanguard. If you do, until the end of the turn, this unit gets drive minus two. It does not rest while attacking, and it can attack up to three times during this turn. So, so like, we want to make something attack a bunch of times, but for some reason we don't want to, like... Go through the process of figuring out how to restand. Because, <laughs> like, if you, um, like, if you were gonna try to like word a restanding twice effect, that'd be really annoying. Yeah. Because you'd have to be like, well, the first two times you have to say something like the first two times of battles end the battle restands. Mm-hmm. This kind of skips that. It also skips this random PR for Mega Colony. <laughs> his name is Brilliant Blister, which when you guard with him, the opponent's uh, vanguard cannot stand during that turn, so this just completely shits on that. And it's fantastic. <laughs> now, I'm not an editor holy player. I, 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 made, I made a post on uh, the Vanguardians telling, <laughs> uh, saying how broken DP was now, because uh, obviously uh, everyone's going to combine this with Go Cannon and give uh, You have to be on a Daisha Vanguard. This is the only caveat. But, uh, you know, you could just play uh, the Legion. And then uh, you just uh, you just start giving crits to Vanguard as an act. And you attack three times with a bunch of crits. <laughs> Clearly the way. Yeah. It's also like, if the if uh, in Mega Colony, if, the, if your stride has Dark Device for next turn, you're SOL. Like... I mean, they have ways of just... Resting. Uh, resting the board, yeah. Usually it's rear guards, though, not the vanguard. But, 
but what started to arrest the board? Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, man, beat 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 your chaos and Megcon opponents by playing DP and just like striding guard break from start. Easy. My favorite thing about this is that they're they they did not make any effort to make it Link Joker esque. They're just like screw it, let's just do DP and Nova Grappler. Good right. enough. If you just made this, if you just took Drachma's art and name and you know everything like everything but card text and slapped on this card, you'd be like, that's a believable card. Yeah. <laughs> for for, for I mean, that's what we were joking that Drachma would do before we actually saw it. Right. <laughs> and that's now true. there's just this other card that's like not inherently Stargatey at all, and it's just kind of there. But it's like two thirds Stargatey. It's like a second Mythoplasma. I mean, yeah. It, like, fits Nova Grappler, although because it doesn't rest itself, it can't activate Rush. Yeah, I mean, yeah. a big thing is that it do, you can't do shenanigans with Maliaki or Laurel, for that matter. Mm. So. Pretty sure once again sidesteps Laurel. Um, and, I mean, I think they're going to have to do that anyway. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You, guys, you guys both play Stargate Clans in some form or another. Are you going to use this if you were able to? Uh... uh Nova Grappler would use it. It's just better than Victoplasma. You can't use it with Malyaki, but attacking three times for 36k is still... I would meme the fuck out of it in, uh... Yeah. In yeah. Dimension Place. I mean, this card is like... Uh... Low-risk, high-reward, generic effect that will work in most situations, so I don't see why you wouldn't play it in any Stargate plan. I mean, it well, the risk is you don't get to play the game. Yeah. But, like, it has the same risk of every other GR with, uh, ZR with a moderately higher chance of success just because, you know, attacking with your Vanguard three times. Yeah, I, right. this is also great if you're playing against Link Joker and they have your front row locked. You're like, alright, cool, time to take some cards out of your hand. Like, if, you, if you've already used your four Victoplasma, you're like, alright, just, uh... I mean, I don't know how they're guarding Restanders that many times. Link Joker G guards suck. I don't know. Just whatever's. Um, so, like, we we know all but one of the Xeroth dragons now. How would you rank them all? That we know of. Uh, I even with the the change, I still think Dust is the best. Yes. Same. Uh, and by a fair bit, I yeah. think Stark and Megiddo and, and Zoa are, like, fine. Mm-hmm. I think Drachma's just kind of bad. Yeah. So for yeah. me, for me, it'd be Dust, Megiddo, Stark, Zoa, Drachma. Uh, I would put Stark above Megiddo just because I think Megiddo has a very low floor as well as a high ceiling. So like, it does. Megiddo doesn't work well in like Bermuda and Grand Blue as of right now. And then you also need like extra counterblasts to extend your Megiddo turns. So I think he has a pretty low floor, and so Stark being able to just go down and do his thing all the time is pretty good. And it's not even, like, in the clans that he's going into, minus Link Joker, of course, that the 2CB is really going to be terribly important. Yeah. Like, Nova Grappler is used to having to pay 2CB for just about everything. Mm-hmm. And DP just doesn't have a lot of reasons to spend a bunch of CB. 
Yeah. So, and you have enough counter charge in that you just randomly counter charge whenever you feel like it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah I think Call of Shark is the most, like, easy to slot in just because it's a restander, so... Like, it's hard to argue against a restander. Yeah. Yeah, so I would be like Dust, Stark, Megiddo, and I put Zoa and Drachma at about the same level. I think Zoa depends on what clan you're using and the amount of resources you can pull out to support the Zoa turn, and then Drachma is just awful, especially because you don't have to be on grade 3 to ultimate stride, so if they have a copy of the thing they rewrote, even if it's not a grade 3, they could just ultimate stride back on you if they survive. That's really, really funny, though. Like, Yeah, because that was the one argument I had in Drachma's favor, is if they don't rewrite grade 3, they probably won't be able to come back, but then they can. Yeah. Well, because you'd probably die anyway, so you'd be like, alright, screw it, let's just like rewrite, you know... Yeah. Whatever, 10k, and then just, just yeah. do it. Well, well, if you don't have a grade 3, I would just rewrite whatever you have two copies of, so you can ultimate stride. Yeah, that's assuming you live, but... Yeah. Um, let's see. Alright, so yeah, that was pretty much all about Stark. Um, the next thing I wanted to address for this year's New Year... So somebody on the Vanguard subreddit uh, appears to have been listening to the podcast, in which case, good for you, sir. Um, the title was How a Local Wallet Warrior Memed Meta with a Non-Meta Tactic. So, I don't want to read the entire thing just because it's like eight paragraphs, but basically, uh, he was in a local tournament, he, uh, playing Great Nature, he goes into Barrowall, the new GR, <clears throat> he flips Zoa for the cost of Barrowall, so I, <clears throat> everyone at the locals are like, ooh, interesting. Game two... He, uh, let's see, he flipped, yeah. So he, he, by now, he, he's, they say, by now everyone recognizes him as the dude who used Zoe as flip fodder, even his opponent. So his first try, he did the exact same thing. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, let's see, fast forward after a gear next turn, put him in five damage with only three cards in the hand left. He went through his stride phase and proceeded to stride a second Zoa. Let's just say the Gears did manage to find Arca number two. Game three was against Overlord. So uh, our honorary Zoa flipping professor just smiled and went about the match, flipping Zoa again with Barrowwool, and then a second Barrowwool fl- flipping the second Zoa. Overlord was pretty <laughs> confused, and in the end chickened out and ended up using two jump- dumb jid for 15k shield to stop two crit-filled rhino attacks. Overlord went to purge, put belly to five, which gets pg and uh, not Penta drive checking a third PG, and you guessed it, he went into his third Zoa for the you lose button. <laughs> what an absolute master. The debating not only worked, he had the double bait. He had the. Okay, this guy had. He's like, he wanted to have a second Zoa. Oh, okay, that was pretty funny. Like, everyone, like, respects, like, yeah, that's, that's a pretty good bait. And then they think the bait is over. Yeah. The best part is, like, this guy was playing the long game. The first one, he's like, alright, I'm gonna flip Zoa. The long con. The long con. That's so amazing. It's moments like this that make me proud to be a podcaster, just to know that there are people out there listening and taking our advice, apparently. 
This is exactly the bullshit that I wanted to happen. This this is in fact better like than what I even suggested. Because I suggest the level one. Like I was like thinking level one like annoying opponents with expensive cards, but this guy above and beyond the Call of Duty <laughs> for sure. Oh my god, I am so happy about this. I there's not much else to say about it, but like, good god, when you have enough disposable income. Yeah. Yeah, man. So that can guy... that way with it. And to be fair, you're like, well, the the you could you could argue like the great nature stuff is so cheap anyway. Like buying yeah. Zoas is, is like free because like you can just sell them eventually. Like people will need them. Yeah. <clears throat> Probably That's true. I mean, especially because you get two Zoas per case of Zoo Booster, you just need two cases. Or you know, go into one case split, get both Zoas, and then just buy the third one. Yeah. Well, whoever you are out there, if you're listening, bravo. Just And thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So good. <laughs> On to the main topic of the episode. So now that it's 2018, and I wanted to, uh, I intended to do this last week, but again, total dad move. Um, I wanted to look at 2017 at, like, like, a competitive review, kind of. Just to kind of look at, um, like how the meta changed from the beginning of 2017 to the end. So... All right. Yeah. Um, I also want to look at, like, what what sets um, kind of came out during that time. Let's so, remember what happened last December, and that was the release of GPT-9. Yeah. When it <laughs> in the Luard TD. Yeah. So what we remember is everyone playing Luard. Yeah. Yeah. Regardless of it being like quote the best deck or whatever, because I believe Night Rose was Night Rose yeah. was seven seasons the beginning of the year, which is absolutely insane, right? Yeah, now. I think we came into the year still in the multi attack meta. Yeah, because yeah. um, we December sixteenth was when we got uh, Divine Dragon Caper in English. Um, I, I, in terms of like set releases, I'm just going to go by English meta because we're 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 in America, so. That's how that's going to work. Then we had to wait, like, what, three... Wait. It was... Four months. We got... Yeah. Four months for GBT-10. So there was just this lull, almost. Of... Well, there was um that one booster in March. The Trinity Dragon. Right. Wait, no, where was... um Try 3? Uh, hang on. What? I'm looking it up right now. We are so well prepared here in Nexus tonight. Yeah. So we got Trinity Dragon oh. in March. Um, I forgot Tri-3 existed. Until yeah, Tri-3 was also in March. We got them both in the same month. Oh, right. They were like two weeks away from each other for whatever reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know oh, yeah. why. So, this is why I couldn't remember it, because I just treat them as the same thing. Yeah, so Tri-3 came out changed absolutely nothing. Uh, Pretty much. Wait, no. Uh, there was something in it that mattered. Hold on. <clears throat> I mean... The, the OTT stuff didn't really matter until much later, when they got their mm-hmm. GBT-12 stuff. But, yeah. Um, well, no, the thing I was thinking of for Tri-3 was that Brave topped in America for a while. Oh, that's right. Because you got um, Brave Lancer out of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, among other things. Yeah. And like, then the horrible, horrible Trinity Dragon came out that... I mean, the, it was what, what great. Na- it had some medium great natured stuff. It had some bad dimension police stuff. 
and it had good OTT some, stuff. Good OTT good, stuff, but good, OTT but not, was bad. <laughs> good, but not good enough OTT stuff. But stuff that would become relevant later. Yeah. So yes. like once they got GBT twelve, like stuff like um, the the Amaterasu G guard ended up being like twenty bucks or something like that. <laughs> right. So uh, and the Dominate TD came out somewhere around this time, right? Yeah. I think that was right before Southern. Oh, no, that was that was summer. That was summer. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So GBT ten came out and it had like Tachikaze. It had the end of the Luard support, which was important because it had Belial Owl. Yeah. Uh. It, it. What else was in the set besides Belial Owl? There was some. Um, some Chronojet stuff in GBT yeah. ten that was like important. Or of favorite, course, yeah. favorite champ Victor came in the set. Yeah, right, that wasn't important. Some shit gold paladin stuff. That's oh, that's when all of my friends built gold paladin for some reason, <laughs> and then immediately regretted it. Let's see. Oh, oh the new the new Gurgit stuff. Holy sword! It took Gurgit. me a while to regret it, but oh yeah, I did regret yeah. it eventually. We knew everyone was going to regret it eventually. Yeah, it was just when I regretted it too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, I, I tried to warn everybody. Um, they weren't ha- they weren't having it. We also got the biggest letdown in the universe: Gaia Desperado in set ten. Oh yeah, yeah. That just the Tachi stuff in set ten was like such marginal upgrades. Yeah, and it was like the deck was already like very falling behind because it hadn't had any support in like fucking forever. Yeah, like you would win games just on grade two game alone, which is exactly what everybody else is doing. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Seven Runner, I believe at this point was still existing. So, uh, so Seven Runner and Night Rose and Time Leap were like very very strong at the start of the the previous year. Yeah. Right. So remember, these were all these were like the three decks that everyone actually cared about, and on the ban list they hit uh, Night Runner to one. This is after the worlds were our world champion couldn't or somebody at worlds couldn't figure out how Night how uh, Night Runner works. Uh, and then they hit Mick to one. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That 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 was a little odd, but like, well, that was to kill Night Rose. Yeah, but yeah, it, yeah. I mean. Yeah, true. Um, and, and then they didn't touch Gear Chronicle. Yep. And everyone got super pissed. Yeah, well, that was funny. <laughs> I mean, but then night that seven runner was still good. Yeah, that was definitely very annoying. Where like you get shot in the knee, and then he's like, "Oh, I have a prosthetic leg. Fuck you." <laughs> you know. Or maybe Mick was hit later. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. Anyway, I, I'm confusing all of the. There's two hits in that year. They were hitting was... Night Row too, right? Yeah, they hit Nightcrow later. I didn't. I Nightcrow might have been with Nick. I don't remember. There was two hits, like one in like January mm-hmm. or early February, and one in like June. Yeah, Nightcrow Nitro was in June because Nightcrow's. Yeah, I know Nightcrow's in June. Night and Seven Run or Night Runner was in February. Yeah, but yeah, I don't. I don't remember which one Nick landed in. Mm-hmm. It might have been the later one, but. So that so that was the important things that happened at the beginning. I don't think set ten made a Luard uh, a deck mm-hmm. because yeah. now it had like a bunch of draw. It and it topped some U.S. events prior to set ten. I think Texas had like a Messiah and a Luard in it or something weird. Yeah, but the Japanese meta that like around that same time was just uh, full of night uh, seven runner. The decks we mentioned before, a bunch of seven runner and whatnot. And Seven Runner was topping a lot of like the Southeast Asian events that were English. Mm-hmm. Like Seven Runner, I think like Singapore or whatever, I think had like two Seven Runner or something. 
Yeah, and th- yeah. Th- that definitely doesn't make Boucherin look very good when well, our world that's like getting around their main mechanic is just topping. Yeah, well, people felt like, you know, it didn't let you play the game, which is mostly true, yeah. but uh, when, you create, when you create mechanics like Stride, where some clans just get better stuff than you, mm-hmm. the only way to really fight that is just not let them do it. Yeah. It, I mean, it really comes from just not a lot of other options. Like you could, any deck can do that; can just not ever ride up. It's just that Grand Blue just has the ability to gain advantage while not riding up. Yeah, and then the best part was like while this was going on, that I there were so many threads on like you know the Facebook groups and the subreddit where people were like, "What can I tech in Twitter run and that'll work?" Like, I guess, but you know. Usually you just need the stride to, like, break... To, like, you know, start changing the uh, advantage. Like, sometimes your GB1 skills just aren't good enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it, of course, it's this is very dependent on the clan, whether Twitter Run is worth it. Mm-hmm. But in the clans that can search Twitter Run, uh, which is Kagero and... Spike Brothers. Spike Brothers, I don't think it's even particularly worth it. Like, yeah. you, otherwise you're just hoping to draw it, which is silly. Yeah. Um... Mm-hmm. So GBT ten didn't do uh, just made Luarda deck. I don't mm-hmm. think the set really did much else than that. It it, it went it put Gold Paladin from like a C minus to a B. So minus. that's something. Like it helped. It's it, it's Gold Paladin still did nothing after that. Set, it, it 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 gave Richard something to do because uh, that's true. But that's not what we're talking about. I know, but still. <laughs> um, so after that, we got Fighters Collection twenty seventeen. Yeah. So this is when we got skill heal triggers, uh, and all the skills were really generic, and I think most of them were pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. I don't think any of the skill heals I particularly felt excited to use at any particular point. I was much, much more excited for the skill heals that came in the most recent set. The, uh, the ones where you get to choose to counter charge or um, soul charge. charge. I think those heals are very good, yeah. even mm-hmm. though they're like also very generic. It's just giving you a choice. But you only get to use, you know, a couple of them a game. That's fine. But it's like just an extra value attached to your heal, which is exactly what they should be. Yeah. And it's not attached to some stupid G guard like the other ones were. Yeah, we're which just I think is what I hated most about them. And the worst no, we part also was... had Rummy Labyrinth for a while. Oh right, Rummy Labyrinth, which uh, it... oh right, so Mick was hit afterward because they yeah. had uh, yeah, that gave uh, that gave Night Rose even more stuff because they had Dragoot, they had Negrosonger, they had. The new Night Rose, which you could run it like um, somebody figured out how to do like ten attacks with it yeah. as a rear. Hey, hey, hey uh, you just so yeah, you got yeah. But Songer and Dragoot were the main two. Dragoot is what gave uh, a nice matchup against uh, Luard and a lot of other like fairly weak like uh, weaker decks because now Dragoot mm-hmm. pop off their field for whatever reason. Yeah, Dragoot yeah, was and then, yeah, and then right after that was Fighters Collection because that's when they got Boat. Right, and the Fires Collection gave uh, the boat. Some notable cards in the Fires Collection, at least, I think, nowadays, or a, a look, I guess even looking into the meta then, um, was boat. Boat was boat was good, but, you know, was, usually they couldn't, uh, Night Rose couldn't stride it a lot, mm-hmm. just because you were just running out, like, you would just be out of cards by that point most of the time. Yeah. But uh, it was at least cool. There was also Closer Dragon in that set. Right, Closer, which made everyone freak and impede. Which, yeah, uh, freak out about Narukami, and there was a deck that like spiked some Japanese events uh, with Sweep Command and Impede. 
So you just become like 21k on your opponent's turn for every reason. Yeah, and you could blow up. Well, Impede kills one to two things, and then Sweep Command kills another thing, so you're like eating their fields yeah. on their turn. Yeah, it's, it's, it seems pretty hilarious. But mm-hmm. Vanquisher didn't end up... I don't know, it didn't end up being super impressive to me at that time. But it, it like, with that fighter's collection alone, it had something to do, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, def- yeah. And then, I, like, again, I think... I think its major problem was just advantage. Yeah. Like, okay. So, um, in other something, another card that was relevant in that fighter selection was Hellheart Eight. BBT. Yeah. Uh, there was a Spike Brothers deck that came out at that point, which uh, Proof was very early in on, yeah. and Japan jumped on too because Japan loves this type of shit. Um, basically, you would use multiple Mecha Trainers and get uh, like three heals, so you could second strike Hellheart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which. I'm- you can read Hellheart 8's effect, I won't go through it here, but it is. It basically gives you attacks equal to the number of cards in your hand. I, I'll read it. Um, so, GB8, when your unit attacks, choose one of your units, and until end of turn it gets plus 10k, and red text, choose this unit and a card from your hand, put them in your soul. At the end of the battle that this unit attacked or boosted, you may pay the cost. If you do, search your deck for up to one card, call it to an open rear, and shuffle your deck. So... The cool thing about this is that you don't. It doesn't even matter what you have. You're like, all right, call a draw trigger, attack for fourteen, shove two things, get a new thing. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's amazing. And the best also part, with, what with frog, you could with, you could attack with Vanguard and pass the ten k to a buff to a frog raider. Yeah, and so you could constantly keep restanding uh, frog raider. Yeah, re- just having this huge column of like in thirty one k say. Yeah, of, uh-huh. like just pummeling your opponent. And like, if you have, like, eight cards in hand, this is a lot of attacks for one column. It's yeah. insane. Even funnier is that, yeah. um, I, like, when this came out, everyone was like, who's going to be able to get to GB8 and Spike Brothers? And then, well, people figured it out. And then even and even better with this, um, with GBT13, uh, thanks to the new heal being a Dudley, you can now use Jelly Beans to search that heal, which means you have more ways to make this go off. Right. So at this point in Japan, uh, people, I, I believe, when did Blade Wings start popping up? It was sometime uh, right before this. I don't no, remember GBT, when. GBT 11 is when they start popping up. Um, was it yeah, in Japan? They start, uh, no, they got uh, Were Tiger Jaeger as a promo. So it started popping up like pretty early in the year, but it was just kind of a rogue deck at the time. It didn't start consistently topping until set 11. Yeah, because you got Blade yeah, Wings in there. Right, right, okay. I was just trying to try to place when in Japan it started popping up, which was a while ago. It was just like... Yeah. I think I saw it, like, around February. Because I remember talking about um, around that time I wanted to build Blade Wings to Atlas because I was seeing people playing it against Seven Runner. And I yeah. was like, oh, that's pretty effective. And then it would do things against Jet that were just absolutely disgusting. And I was like, man, this deck looks sweet. I would play this deck. Then I said I wanted to build it, and I looked for a deck, and some guy on Vanguardians like tried to charge me, like, TCG player price for every common, and I just didn't respond to him because I was like, I'm not wasting my time with this. <laughs> Look, if if I'm if I'm looking to buy a deck and you price out every card on TCG player, why would I buy from you? I can just go to TCG player. Yeah, I don't have to deal with you at all. That's true, um, right? And yeah. also, around April, a certain legend deck came out in Japan. Oh boy, yeah, that's true. It um, came out what in uh, like June here? Uh, May. Uh, May. May. Yeah. So it was the Blaster Legend deck. 
And then... Yeah. Wait, oh, right, there was a Sanctuary Guard running around, wasn't there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sanctuary Guard was just kind of ever-present. And then, yeah. Um, I think during that year they also hit uh, Jewel Knight Sword and Me to n- only be used with... Uh, no, that was last year. That was last that was year. much longer ago. That was much, minds. much longer ago. No yeah, minds. that was... What they did is they hit Sanctuary Guard in Japan on the mm-hmm. first list in, in January and then didn't hit it later. And didn't hit it in the United States because yeah, nobody so. plays Sanctuary Guard in the United States. Well, yeah, and no then Sank Guard still stuck around in Japan a bit just using Ark. Yep. And playing like the one Sank Guard they're allowed to play. Mm-hmm. And they kind of continued... Sank Guard kind of was the better option for a while because you had the freest way to get flo- the Flogal crit. Yeah. And also it functioned well against Seven Runner because you could just do your blaster shit against them anyways. Yeah, Seven Runner is pretty weak to uh, your opponent doing things. Yeah, I I remember just looking at tops for a while. It would always be like some variation of Night Rose or Jet, Seven Runner, and Sink Guard. Mm-hmm. That was a fun time, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you got well, like this three, kinda, four deck formats. You, you, you got like this kind of rock paper scissors type thing where you had rush decks beating stride decks, and then uh, like early game stuff that also had stride capability. I, I don't know what to call it. Beat rush decks, and then the normal stride decks beat those decks. So it, it is interesting to mention about it. Important to note how much seven runner loses to actual garbage. <laughs> if your opponent is playing jank, you will likely lose to it. What do you mean like by jank? Like, your opponent could be on OTT with silent taunts, and you're just like, I, don't know, I can't beat that card. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Your opponent gets a crit, puts it on silent taunt, and you're just like, oh my god. <laughs> like, you can think... rush them, but if the rush fails, right? Like, if they get a trigger on damage, and, like, guard a little bit, and they have a tom, and you're just like, oh god. I don't or think they can have, be stayed if they're playing to... a deck that can just draw cards early, like Sukuyomi or Battle Sisters, you're just like, oh, well, we're just playing old Vanguard now, but you're better at that than I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I think that um, it can be stated enough that like the way to beat Seven Runner, even if you're playing like a normal stride deck, is just to bully their rear guards, for the most part. Like, if they have to waste resources getting Knight's Final back, then that's like one less card that you have to guard with, which can add up over time. Um, it's really, really boring and really, really slow, but it's the way to do it. So, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. and after the Legend deck was when we got uh, set 11. Well, I think we should talk about the Legend yeah. deck first, because like, yeah. did a lot. Well, the Legend deck on its own didn't make much of an impact. It was boosted by set 11, so... Probably okay. better to just talk about them together. Fine. That's okay. Yeah. Um, like the Legend deck just so, had a grade 3, right? Uh, that was it. Yeah, the Legend... Like, basically the only thing relevant in the Legend deck was the grade 3 and what the about, strides. What about... Oh, oh, you said the strides. Okay. Yeah, there was that, and then, like... No, nah, that's about it. You're right. Yeah, so, like, the only important thing from the Legend deck was... Uh, Blaster Blade Exceed because it helped you to get Stride Fodders and you could retire a thing to like curb early rush and then the Alfred Holy Saver because that was your finisher. Yeah, and then also a reprint of the of the regular Blaster Blade because that would have been just cruel if they didn't do that. <laughs> the funniest thing is they gave you exactly one copy, which just 
uh, reinforces my theory that Aichi only has exactly one copy of Blaster Blade that he uses. I mean, that's how it was originally. Maybe he got more over time. I don't know. Uh, it's it's Aichi, so no. Well, back at least to the original, he had the GAM slot to search for it, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> the 9K? Yeah. And he still rides the Blaster Blade. Boku no Bushin. <laughs> yeah, so... When set 11 came out, right, this was Dominate. It mm -hmm. was... All the new DI the, stuff. The oh, new DI yeah. stuff, so Blader Mouse. A, US finally got Where Tiger Jaeger after, like, a year and a half or some shit. Thanks for that prediction, by the way, because, like, uh, when Matt was expressing interest in build, uh, building it, I just went ahead and built it, and then proxied Where Tiger Jaeger. I was like, I don't know if this is ever going to come out in English, but... Fuck it. See what happens. That's what I said. I was like, I'm going to build this on a bet they're going to print this card eventually. And it turns out they did. <laughs> so, and I made a bunch of and money. An, and an SP. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there's that. And then... What else was in that fucking set? There was so much in that set. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Uh, we got Kagura stuff, so Blade Master finally became a deck. Be me oh, yeah, we got Zeganberg. Mm -hmm. ZTV's got all their stuff. Like, the ZTV's got the first half of their stuff. They were, mm -hmm. they were missing a card. Yeah. Um, they in set 12, but they were mostly there. Yeah, ZTB's got all of the rear guards that would lay the groundwork for their deck, and also that one uh, Avenir Phoenix. Yeah. Right. right. Can't forget about Mystery Freeze, though. And Do Dominate was kind of, uh, kind of hilarious, because there was so much hype going into it, just because it's like villain deck, uh, it has a mechanic that makes people feel cool. Brain and then the, de the deck was just, like, not a thing. Because, well, I mean, it was a thing to the extent of, like, people were playing it, and like, uh, it, it, but mostly, like, kind of GBA-based. Yeah, and uh, most of the tops were only, like, team tournaments, so it's Unless the teams posted their win-loss record, it's kind of hard to tell how much weight that deck was carrying. Yeah, I think the the major problem with the deck had is like while you were getting a couple extra attacks out of your dominate, the fact that none of the rearguards had the dominate ability, mm -hmm. like they just tried to gain advantage. All your rearguards did was gain advantage off dominate, made it so the deck was just kind of like meh. Mm -hmm. Like I mean, you couldn't you couldn't chain anything. Right? Like, yeah. if you, know, you dominate something and attack and your opponent gets a trigger, you're like, well, the rest of my dominates are kind of stupid. Yeah. yeah, so a lot of people weren't doing anything with the actual dominate cards in Japan. Yeah. We also got and, three. And it had no, it had no first stride. Mm -hmm. yeah, that was, like, like, worth a shit. Yeah, well, like... You went into, it could, oh, what's It could game? be, like, arguably tier two because it kept topping, but, like, I don't uh, think I, it was I, that good. Oh, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't even want to. Yeah, we, we not, not even getting that. I just don't think it was. Kind it of was, like it was highly top. overrated. But we, we got three very important cards in the set: Gansalot Peace Saver, Ziegenberg, mm -hmm. and Bladermouse. Like Ziegenberg, I, especially. Um, I think also th this uh, kind of like Ziegenberg helped set the precedent for this new. Uh, kind of stride where you had the main effect being later in the game and the like a lesser effect being able to fuel into the bigger effects 
Like Ziedenberg, you soul blast flip or tie or something, and then the GB three still for the restand. Like if you do him second strike, he can like feed into himself. Mm-hmm. Except now they're putting this on GRs for some stupid reason. Yeah. Oh God. We'll we'll get to that later. But I want to. Yeah. I, I, I don't. I don't know if we made that statement yet. But I'm gonna. We'll get. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> so, and I think uh, set eleven is when kind of every set would make like a a very large meta shift. Like yeah. These the headliner triple R's were like pushing decks in a direction in like a in like a big way. Mm-hmm. So come set so the top decks you know after set eleven we had Di we had various flavors of Gear Chronicle. Mm-hmm. We had we got, uh, Blade Master kind of uh, getting in there. Yeah, Blade Master Blasters, uh, which was yeah in Blasters. Mm-hmm. Right, this was kind of. Am I am I forgetting anything? Night Rose had kind of fallen off because of the uh, the Mick restriction to, to Mick. Yeah. Um, and not 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 a whole lot else was going on. I don't think. Uh, Luard, I think, popped up every now and then, but it wasn't yeah. doing that hot anymore. Luard was very weak to um, things like Ziegenberg, right? Like yeah. And also, like Blasters could early game them. But Luard would see a bump come set mm-hmm. twelve. When they got a uh, drag strider, yeah, and so so set twelve comes out, and now you have this, and so it's important to note that Blade Master was very reliant on G guards, mm-hmm. and like it pretty much needed um, def- not defeat flare the other fucking guy, denial Griffin, to make sure it survives. So this is why Conroe is extra important, right? Like because you can search your heal. Yeah, you just don't want to die to stupid shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, come set twelve, we get the headliner card of the set ended up being an OTT card in um, Goddess of Stillwater Ichikashima. Mm-hmm. And what this this card is the first effect we've had in the game that prevented your opponent from G guarding. And not only did it prevent your opponent from G guarding, it prevented your opponent from G guarding for the entire turn. Yeah. So I've, I've mentioned in earlier podcasts that. G guards were inherently more powerful than early strides. Like it's only, only recently I think have strides have gotten more powerful than G guards. But if you look at the early strides, they're all they're all really really weak, right? They're all like on plus hits one, and all that or stuff. like counter blast two plus two. You know something silly like that, right? Mm-hmm. He like a G guard for a thirty k. Like let's say you have a thirty k G guard, right? G guarding into that is like drawing two cards. Kind of yeah. For like yeah. almost no cost. Mm-hmm. Which is insane. And then we started getting, like, utility G-guards, like Denial Griffin. Yeah, who knows how to even value that. (laughs) I mean, I I think it depends on how big it is, the thing you're killing. Right. Well, well, not only that, but if it has any kind of interplay with the rest of your board, you could just shut down a turn. Mm Mm-hmm. True. So, like, Denial Griffin just has, like, infinite value if you know how to use it correctly. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so set 12 I didn't really pay much attention to. I was going to rebuild Vanquisher, and then I realized I spent so much money on set 11 that I was like, all right, fuck it. So I sold off my Vanquisher pieces, which also got a significant buff in this set. It's just that everything else got better shit, so they just like kind of fell by the wayside. Mm-hmm. Well, it also had the um, distinction of being very not good against OTT. <laughs> Why? Because so, not a lot of advantage, or...? 
How are you? You're like you have this like the reason that Vanquisher was like doing okay against other stuff is because Impede like protected you. Mm-hmm. But you can't Impede Ichikashima. Yeah. So as soon as they get to GB three, one of your primary defensive moves is gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they're just gonna Ichikashima you like three times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And they gain enough advantage that they can replace their board fairly consistently. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, set 12 has the unique distinction of being the set that turned OTT from tier, like, 87 to tier 1. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very fast. It was... Yeah. And then, as we said, it brought Luard back up because of Dragstrider, so... Yeah. Dragstrider was just kind of a more consistent Phantom Blaster, and you can make it really big by looping. And then on yep. top of that, you also had the rest of the ZTB stuff kind of filling mm-hmm. out... So you, you yeah. got like, Gear Next and... We got Gear Next and the Unicorn, which kind of filled out the deck. Yeah. Yeah, the Unicorn has some has, just has some silly shit in the ZTB deck. So now the ZTB deck was, like, fully complete. So mm-hmm. the top top decks now are, like, you know, OTT, ZTB. Blademaster had, like, already fallen to Tier 2 at this point. Yeah. Because, like, the presence of OTT was so huge. And then... Like, OTT in Japan was everywhere. Yeah, it was. And I don't I, think, and it's kind of sad, but I don't think that we had just set 12 long enough mm-hmm. to, like, see much of the metagame. Like, I think that's one of the inherent problems of Western Vanguard, is that we don't have enough, like, um, high-profile events between sets to, like, get a good feel for what the metagame looks like. Yeah, we have to, like, base it off of Japan, but then by the time tournaments come around, we'll, we could be, like, two or three sets ahead of where the meta was in Japan, comparatively. Mm-hmm. The U.S. is, like, the Iowa of... Mm-hmm. We're, 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 we're just kind of behind on everything. Yeah, and then I think, at this point, Blaster also started to fall off, because... Battle Sisters could basically do the same thing, but better because of Ijukashima. Yeah, and then right. you also, like, I, I think the thing with Battle Sisters was there is, like, an advantage engine in there, where you mm-hmm. were drawing cards as you were doing all this. Well, uh, Blaster did have decent advantage because of XC being able to Fisher Grade 3 for you, um, Gancelot was just a free card, and then Lu was a Grade 3 with Shield value, so you had more options for guarding compared to other decks. That's true. Right. Plus, you could recycle your blasters so you could keep doing shit with him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we get set 12 for, like, God, how long? Like, this came out in in English in October. Cut mm-hmm. to, like, a month and a half later, we get the, uh, the Link The Link Joker booster. Yep. So, uh, if... You want to know more about this set? Check out our episode on it. Like, yeah, four or five and then ago. This kind of that. marked. Oh, it already started happening with set eleven and twelve, but this is really when we started to feel that the meta would just radically shift every set now. Yeah, like mm-hmm. this thing made chaos relevant again, and uh, gave Messiah decent stuff. But like, whatever. Well, um, the, the two things that really came out of this were chaos and the leaders. Yeah, delete. Yeah. Mm. That was definitely interesting, and then because of that, like, it, w- with Chaos being as popular as it was, it basically destroyed Battle Sisters, like, yeah. that. 
Well, like Luard, Battle Sisters, Blaster would find the... Actually, no, Blasters kind of came back for a little bit. Well, Blasters have the early game advantage, and Chaos mm-hmm. isn't a fan of Rush too much, so... It depended on how yeah. good you opened up, so, like, So, yeah, like, Chaos immediately just, like, uh, overturned the meta and started dominating, and then we also got the leaders, so... There is a certain grade 2... Uh, I forget his exact name, but, like, something, something, the leader given, where, like, after the battle that your grade 3 vanguard with gray attacks, you could retire it and four other rearguards to restand your vanguard. Oh, that one. (laughs) Yeah. So, because all of the new, the leader stuff were able to call other things to replace themselves when they were retired, you could do it without minusing yourself. I mean, random, it was random, but it's the yeah. leaders. Your, van, your opponent's vanguard's at zero. What do they care? Mm-hmm. And then we also got a new grade three, Dark Jet, the leader, Gray in. So you could just counterblast one, retire two, delete your opponent's vanguard, and then just go at them. Yeah, this, was, mm-hmm. this again had another unique distinction in that it, it was a deck that wanted you, <coughs> wanted you to go first. Mm-hmm. Which usually... Actually, no, they wanted to go first because you could just delete them early. Yeah, wanted you to go first, meaning the owner of the deleter deck, not the oh. not the opponent. Sorry, I, I worded that. Back. Yeah, that was kind of confusing. Sorry. <laughs> and then also they got a new deleter stride, which is just uh, you could turn a copy face up and delete one rear guard and delete your opponent's vanguard, and then your front row gains two k for all for every face up copy of it. So, like. With your early game with Grey End and Given combined with the new stride, you could just end games very quickly. So it kind of became the sanctuary guard of this current meta. Yeah, in the weirdest way possible. Like, mm-hmm. um, and then on top of that, we also got aside from the chaos stuff, we got a uh, glue ball dragon who is not only like amazing cat. Like, if other Starvaders ever get support, it's great in that too. Um, mm-hmm. In that it, it would make your columns like hilariously gigantic. All the units in your front row with Starvader get plus three K for your each of your opponent's locked cards. Yeah, and also something important is that it costs a soul blast instead of a counter blast. So what Chaos started to do now was they would change their grade two lineup to just be uh, Photon, Muleptin, and a new grade two that was in this set, Globuladia, which could counter blast and lock something from the drop zone. So they would just play, you know, Glob and Muleptin to force lock your field along with, like, Universe, maybe, if you don't give them a field. And then afterwards, they could just glue ball and lock the whole field again for a Soul Blast. Yeah. Is someone sitting next to a desk fan? No. No. Or, like, a washing machine or something? What? What is that? I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea either. Oh, it's raining outside, that's why. Okay. Right. Like not not just raining, like pouring where I'm where I'm sitting right now. It's on the roof. That's why. Yeah. Oh man, that's my fault. Kind of. Also, also, it's funny. Everyone was really excited about Strange Dragon at the start of this set, and then after a while, people started to realize that hit and runs could still kind of be a thing, and so they were like, "Nope, never mind. Fuck Strange Dragon. We're just gonna go with all the Force Lock units." I mean, yep. say what you, say what you want, but uh, I like. On, usually on the Vanguard Facebook groups, there are a lot of people who uh, still like Strange Dragon yeah. over 
Um, but the decks that top, which are the only ones that really matter, don't only play Photon, Glob, and Malepton. Yeah, I mean, the like, I, I, I did a uh, video for this for Nexus Court about, like, Strange Trading versus Photon, where I tried to, as objectively as possible, look into which one is better. I mm-hmm. decided on Photon after a bunch of research, but, like... yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing, is you want to be able to lock down the field as quickly as possible, because if you're using Strange Dragon to lock in the battle phase, it's just like, why don't you just play Photon instead? Because free locks are good, and yeah. you're not getting the 5k anyways. I mean, the the one thing that uh, Strange Dragon has over uh, Photon is that it, it after you use it, it has some utility as a booster, so you can mm-hmm. keep calling things in front of it, and yeah. it, it can but still do stuff. I don't think it pushes columns over, does it? Um, no, well, okay, so if you call, like, another 9k in front of you, that's 18, which is usually bad, but if one of those things gets you, like, one lock card and you go into glue ball, that's a 21 column. So, that's something, but that's about it. Um, I don't think it makes a significant enough difference, because I think Chaos just kind of chokes you out. Yeah. (laughs) Um, alright, so... Rondo of Chaos and Salvation comes and goes, and mm-hmm. now now we're at the end of 2017 in Ultimate Stride, which, again, we just talked about, like, two weeks ago. But, mm-hmm. um... And the meta is radically overturned again. Yeah. So, we have a bunch of Aqua Force stuff, which, oh my god. <sighs> that That's, like, the big thing. Um, that's not even the crazy yeah. stuff in this well, set. Th- that's not even the crazy stuff. We got... The thing that is making a big difference is Overlord. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now it's Overlord and Chaos, which, to any deck that needs rear guards to do things, you're, you're going underground for a while. You're, you're yeah. Just, just... Like, the meta right now is uh, Chaos and Overlord, and things that play into Chaos and Overlord or, basically Thavos. Or that can play around it, yeah, like with Thavos and stuff. And then, like, I found that um, playing Tachikaze actually has a decent matchup against both of those. Like, now that we have... Um, Guy at Devastate, we have something to do against Link Joker, who doesn't well, appreciate their I mean, retired. If, I mean, if Link Joker is doing their thing right, you shouldn't have a field to engorge. I mean, you only need to eat one thing, and usually... They're yeah, but I'm saying they should be able to, like, lock down your whole field pretty quickly. I mean, if you, like, it has a good enough early game where you can still do things. Like, <laughs> I, I have tools against it now, but... I'm not saying it's like, oh, I can destroy Link Joker every single game. It's just like, it's like a 60-40 instead of, you know, 90-10 or whatever. Or 55-45. But, and then against Kagura, what do you care? The shit's coming back. Um, yeah, so Tachikaze got I mean, good stuff. Lo- losing rear guards still stuff. matters a lot in Tachis. Like, losing rear guards to, like, losing rear guards to opponents' effects is still very important in Tachi. It's still a really big, really big problem. Especially if you're low on units to actually do stuff. In my experience, like, playing Tachi, you just have to call stuff even if you don't have replacements. Like, you just have to, like, pretend you have, like, more stuff. Yeah. Bluffing is... like, you need, you need stuff on field to do, to, to like, you know, to, to do anything. Yeah. Dogma and is kind of, becoming less and less important as time goes on. It's also becoming almost impossible to use. Yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> we'll never have five rear guards. And that's why I cut it to two. So. Yep. That's just how that's it is. Um... I don't know. The, yeah, but like Kagero with this set has just kind of sealed the fate of the meta in that, you, like, if you don't have tools against uh, both control, of the, control, you're fucked. Like, yeah. 
We are like fully back into a control meta now. Yeah. Um, Do you want to mention Zoo because it's already out in Japan and we have data on it based on Japanese tops? Well, I mean, you just did, so yeah. <laughs> There's a, I mean, not very I, expensive. I, I don't think I yeah. want to talk about Zoo that you just mentioned. It'd be like Charlie Brown in the football, just like. <laughs> All right, so Awakening I mean, Zoo. Has come out All that we really have to say about it is that Gridora with a ton of Obtorandus is topping a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, we, like, we, we here at Nexus and, and Nexus Core in general, we, we have made fun of Mega Colony for a long time. And it's starting to feel like the kid you bullied in high school, like, started pumping iron after he graduated, and then at the reunion, he's going to come kick your ass. Mm. A little bit. Yeah. Well, like, I figured that. Mega Colony was at least decent now. I didn't think that uh, playing Gridora with three Obtorandus would actually be that good, but it is. Like, it not being out. able to call rear guards just shuts down half the decks in the game right now. Yeah. It turns out that Gridora's drive still is not really important. Mm-hmm. What's important is the counter charge one. Yeah. Which I think everyone knew going into this. <laughs> <laughs> the counter charge. So, yeah. Like, now. So now they have Overwhelm, which is a $100 GR, which can just get them really easy advantage. If... So if you don't really have a field to work with, or they don't feel like using Obtorandus because it's too big of a minus, maybe you have like Vanguard pressure that you can use, then they can just go into Overwhelm, draw a lot of cards, and power up their field a whole bunch. And if you are a deck that relies on rear guards and comboing a lot, they can just keep spamming Obtorandus at you. Yeah, like, that that's my worst matchup as a Tachikaze player, because, like, you can call things early, but the whole point is they die and they're supposed to come back, but you literally can't do that. So. So, yeah, like, now the meta is, like, Gridora, Chaos, and Overlord, and things that can play decently into them. So, Aquaforce. Yeah. And even that, I think, is going to go down even more once we get Stargate, because they also revealed Chaos Breaker Close. Yeah, which I I don't want to get into right now. Yeah. So, so I want to bring up how GRs are getting really expensive. Yeah. So, if you remember, a couple years, a year and a half, two years ago, somewhere in there, uh, after they printed Next Stage and the first iteration of Thavis, and then GRs were like $50 and people are, Mm -hmm. you know, getting up to 70, 90, you know, because you needed like four of them, right? Yeah, and then they're like, "Oh, this is a bad idea. We need to make them have like unique, interesting effects and not flip themselves. They can be like thirty bucks or whatever, and people need like one to two. Well, yeah. what they started doing is they started just making like just good effects that flip anything, but they're like the effects are like too good. They're not interesting anymore. They're just too good. Yeah. So now you just need like four of them. Yeah. So but, like, yeah, they don't yeah. they don't even flip themselves. So you can just do it four times. So not only did they make decks more boring, because you're just doing the same fucking stride four times a game, but, like... Decks are also more expensive now, because you have to pay GR prices for things that you would play in triple R quantities. Yeah. Yeah, like, GRs are, like, so low per case, you need, you need like, a whole fucking case of GRs, basically, for your deck. Yeah, because, mm-hmm. like, most, uh, at least with set 13, you were guaranteed four of each GR per case, but... Again, like if you don't, if you're playing for the GR, then that's one case per player. Exactly, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. 
And like, it, they've they've reverted back on what they didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. Or they've come full circle. Seems like. Yeah. Yeah, and they're like, oh, we don't want people. You know, we don't we don't want GRs to be like a hundred dollars. Except now we're exactly back there. Yeah, I mean, it's turning. So, so you have um, so like sets eleven and twelve. You had uh, Gansalat, who some people got him at four, but like you need one, maybe two. It, people yeah. play two to, two to three is what I saw probably ninety percent of the time. Yeah, yeah, but it was still only like thirty dollars. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is yeah. a lot, and, but still. And then, yeah, but that's the thing. That's kind of the price we've come to expect from GRs. We have, and then we had like uh, Drag Strider, which. What do you need for? Or how many copies do you need? Yeah, for like that? one or two, and that one was also like twenty three to like thirty dollars last time I checked. Yeah, um, but these new ones, like how much is um how much is the purge right now? Purge was like forty dollars last time I looked. You need four of them, right? Mm-hmm. Like three or, or three, four. Three or four, right? Um, and how Alexandros? much is uh, the Aquaforce guy? Uh, Alexandros right now is like twenty three to thirty bucks. Yeah, you need straight four, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, four and twelve plus like two in blue ways, but you need multiple copies of it, and it's ungodly expensive. And yeah, purge is forty bucks. Yeah, yeah. God, I mean, like they've that... kind of become the price of like the headliner triple R's, like a you know a few previous sets. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, um... Well, no, even the headliner triple R's of previous sets only got to like fifteen bucks at most because they're at the higher. They have a higher supply. Hey, I'm curious. Uh, how much is Chaos Breaker Deluge? Oh yeah, let's see. Because <laughs> I was thinking, like, I, I was going to make a comment that, like, in, you know, in two short main sets, we've. No, uh, got... I think Deluge de- debuted at like thirty to forty bucks. Uh, do you need four? Yeah, he's fifty. To... No, you only need two, but. Okay, but you said uh, he's fifty. He is fifty bucks right now. Okay, yeah. So basically, it, it, it's essentially the same amount of money, but mm-hmm. give or take. And then. Yeah, Glue Ball is twenty. Crisis is thirty. Jesus. I mean, yeah, all the best decks in the meta right now are like five hundred dollars again. Yeah, yep. and I think that's inherently the problem with um, um, quote control end quote metas, mm-hmm. is that because you need big dumb powerful cards, these are often very high rarity. Yeah, and like and this is true in Magic as well. Like control decks tend to be very expensive, mm-hmm. but in Vanguard, like I think, especially in the case of Megahon in particular, like a hundred dollar GR is pretty unacceptable. Yeah, especially because, like, that's... So it's, um... What's her face? Poison, Sickle, Mutant, De- Deity, Overwhelm. Who would probably say the effect. It's, uh, Act, Counterblast, uh... Choose card from G-Zone, flip it up. Drop to the same number of cards as, uh... The number of your opponent's rear guards in rest. And if the number of your opponent's rear guards in rest is one or less, she gets crit and quad drive. And also a GB3 dark device. All of your units get plus 2k for each face-down card in your opponent's damage zone. So, the... The better effect is is the first is the one you can use any time in the game. Like if your opponent, you know, didn't call a lot of things early, you you, you get crit quad drive first stride. You know, mm-hmm. Gancelot had quad drive first stride, but crit, you know. Mm-hmm. So let's yeah. do a quick math, right? How many of these GR are in a case of the extra booster? Do we know that? Um, I think it was still four. Yeah. Okay. Because it's um, so, it's, it's less packs per box. Than all right, and there's stuff. right. So let's think about um, the value of a case for Mega Colony in the Zoo Booster. Like, let's say you pay market, you pay nine hundred dollars for a case of thirty extra booster boxes. 
Right. So it's $30 a piece. Mm-hmm. 400 of that case is an Overwhelms alone. Yeah. And then you still have Gridora. Mm -hmm. You still have the other Triple R's. Right? Mm -hmm. You still have Zoa. The one Zoa, or two Zoas, or whatever's in there. Uh, It's two. And and then that depends if you get it or not. Um, Right, and so that's 520 with the Zoas. And then how much is Gridora? Um, Someone wanted... Like 20, uh, yeah, I think it was like twenty five thirty. So Mega Colony is should be, you know, like almost like seventy percent of the case value. Yeah, I mean, I'm going in on a zoo case split. My friend's paying two thirty for Mega Colony, and see, he's mm-hmm. ripping off somebody. Yeah, no, he's getting like the four overwhelms alone. That's nearly double what he's paying. And yeah, I want to make a comment about case splits in general. Is that case splits always benefit the big ticket clans in the set? Yeah. What they do, what what's end up happening with a case split every single time is the big ticket clans get to disperse the cost of their high value cards mm-hmm. to everyone else in like the shitty clans. Like Atlas told me about somebody doing a Mega Colony case split for like a hundred, and mm-hmm. I just I just laughed. I was like, I would never ever pay that. Right, because. The the Megacolony, the Merkumo cards is at uh, thirteen, valued to like ten bucks. I'm not paying a hundred dollars for a case, but I'm paying ninety dollars for no reason. I'm handing some guy who's buying Overlords ninety dollars and just being like, "Merry Christmas, bro." <laughs> I'm not into that. Yeah, it's just absolutely absurd. Like how how much people get screwed on case splits. So basically, if you want some small clan. In a case split, you know, if you set fourteen, I don't even know what's in set fourteen, but whatever. Um, what clans are in set fourteen? What's like a small? What's um, like a small thing in set fourteen? Hang on, I got you. Give me one sec. Um, let's see, Genesis is in there. Um, Nubatama. <laughs> D- so it's Royal Shadows, Genesis, Nubatama, Di's Gears. So, uh, let's do Genesis. Right? If you're if you're like a Genesis player, right? They're probably going to have, like, a small sliver of support mm-hmm. in sub Like, small sliver. And you're, looking at a, and you're looking at a case split, right? You should think about, like, what, what clans do we think are going to be highly supported in set, in set 14? Well, Shadow DI, Paladin. Shadow Paladin, for sure, right? Yeah. Like, maybe DI, because they have a freaking ZR, right? Mm-hmm. Or just... Yeah. Or the, Gears. gears or, yeah. or Gears, right? Mm-hmm. Like... So you think about those, and you're like, wait, I'm not the big ticket clan. I shouldn't do a case split. I should just pre-order singles mm-hmm. when, this, when this set's about to come out. There's no reason to do a case split. Just pre-order the singles. You're going to save yourself so much time and effort. Yeah, because he... let's say it's just like spitballing $90 for a Genesis split. <laughs> like, And then you have like Shadow Paladin and all that other stuff, which... Could probably value out in actual cards to like three, four hundred dollars, but they'll probably do like two something. You know, you're just handing the Shadow Paladin guy your ninety bucks, like you said. Mm-hmm. Like, so, thanks for the ninety dollar discount if I'm buying Shadow Paladin. Yep. But yeah, like when you mentioned your your friend was paying two thirty for Megacon, that was disgusting. Yeah, I mean, but hey, man, 
I'm, I'm, nice. I'm paying a hundred dollars for my uh, Great Nature uh, portion. And that's with a Zoa, right? That's true. Mm-hmm. I also do get the Zoa, but so you're guaranteed a Zoa. So that's already like most of it. Yeah. And, and then, I don't know how the Great Nature stuff. It's mostly right. just because I'm a goddamn whore. Like mm-hmm. Great Nature, man. It's they're my like I literally have a fucking bumper sticker on my car with that symbol. So well, to be fair, you would never find your car if you did it. <laughs> Oh yeah, you're driving a white Prius. Oh yeah, no, I I, I live in Santa Monica. White Priuses, it's like uh, it's like freaking Pleasantville up in here. <laughs> Everyone in Santa Monica. So for those who don't know, Santa Monica is um, the bougiest place in the universe next to like Beverly Hills. Yeah, it's it's full of it's full of like, it's it's the end of the line of like Jews in the United States as far as westward, mm-hmm. and everyone drives a white Prius. <laughs> Pretty much, it's yeah. it's like hybrids everywhere. Mm-hmm. Artisanally handcrafted free. <laughs> oh my god. I don't know why that joke ever gets old. The the artisanally <laughs> handcrafted X thing, you know? Because because it's so true. Yeah. For real. Because you just walk outside and you see artisanally handcrafted and you realize it's not a joke at all. Or the, the, the best part was like I saw a billboard when I was driving home the other day. Um and it, it was like, our vodka is gluten free. I'm like, all vodka is gluten free. Fuck nuts. Like, that's just. Like, oh, I, I, I hate when they do that, where they're like, this is gluten free. I'm like, it didn't have gluten to begin with. Gluten water. Water. Oh, yeah, good. exactly. Like, <laughs> I hate it when my water has gluten in it. <laughs> People are just so ridiculous. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, we hope you enjoyed our look into 2017 as. Uh, as it evolved, it, it went from, like, this multi-attack meta to hilariously expensive advantage-based and control meta. Um, I don't know. They were doing so well for sets, like, 11 and 12, and then just... Yeah. I feel like once they decided that G-Arrow was ending, they decided, fuck it, let's just break everything. So they got senioritis, basically. Mm-hmm. Great. Awesome. Yep. They... Yeah. There was that brief period of time where the meta was interesting and we had a bit of clan diversity and then it died immediately. Not immediately, but like... It was like... But I'm going to give you guys something to think about. Something to think about. Mm -hmm. They have to somehow print cards that matter in this meta. Yeah. They are going after print cards that are good against Mega Colony, Kagura, and Chaos. Yeah. In yep. order to sell the next set. Yeah, I mean... Uh, either everything gets unlockers or ways to call without actually calling, or... Or, they're gonna have to start banning shit. Yeah. And I know Bushiroad is very tentative about outright banning something or limiting something. Um, and I feel like... This is probably the kick in the pants where they're gonna have to be like, yeah, some shit's gotta go. Like, yeah, like ban Optorandus, ban not ban outright, but just like Optorandus to one or something. If they don't use like a limit, a restriction, or ban, Mm -hmm. um, what do the cards they need to print have to look like in order to get through this metagame? You have to print very strong Vanguard centric cards. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, we're already kind of getting that with Stark. Right? Mm-hmm. So, things like Stark, but 
you can't even how do you create card you can't create cards for a clan like nova grappler right mm-hmm. like obviously this clan can't work here yeah so you need to think about so maybe so then you look for the clans that don't do that like di right mm-hmm. what kind of ridiculous di cards could they print that like can get through this maybe something that can combine t- uh two effects together I mean, we are. I mean, we already know what the DI strike does. It retires something, gains the power equivalent of the thing you retire, and then has some probably like a GB three darkness skill that gives a universal grade one restrict. Hmm. But none of these are great about getting past. They need more than that. Yeah. They need a lot more than that. So. the thing I wanted to bring up, even though it's a bad deck, is like Messiah cards are now getting things that just place stuff down as locked units. So, like, I don't know if this gets around Gridora, because you're not really calling a thing. I think someone will have to ask Bushiroad about it, but, like, I'm thinking, like, things like that have to exist to get around, like, Gridora and Overlord. Yeah, and then also, that, that also solves the problem of, like, you know, uh, not having what you need at a certain time, you at least can look through your deck for stuff. Um, let's see. I'm, I'm looking at Gridori's, like exact wording. Um, your opponent cannot call units on the rear guard of that column. Yeah, so a, and a lock they can't card, your call either, easily. Okay, but a lock card is not a unit. Mm-hmm. So, in theory, yes, it should get around Gridora. Yeah, so I'm thinking, like, we'd have to do really crazy shit like that where... You're placing things down onto the field without calling them necessarily, which is like it's basically they're gonna have to start doing what they've been doing with like circles to get around lock yeah. for Gridora. I just don't know how this is gonna end up looking because if you print very powerful Vanguard centric stuff that gets past it, or you have to like create like very weird mechanics that get past it. None of yeah. them, and that doesn't feel great because that feels like you're kind of bending the rules of the game, right? Like you're no, you're kind of playing a different game now. I mean, lock mm-hmm. almost feels like it bends the rules of the game. I mean, that's true, and they, I think they've acknowledged that. But yeah. I just, I don't know how I feel about the direction. Like, it's so hard to break out of these kind of like control things mm-hmm. without hitting something or 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 rotating cards. Like, when control is this good. It's it's pretty absurd. Yeah. Like, I don't know what's... Like, the biggest things that I'm probably going to look out for are, like, Shadow Paladin and Gear Chronicle That's right. to, like, get through the control meta. I think the real mistake that Bushiroad made mm-hmm. when creating a lot of these modern Chaos and um, Mega Colony cards is not making uh, their abilities cost enough resources. Yeah. Because, like, like, Chaos Breaker Clothes, for example... When it's discarded, you can just Soul Blast 1 and lock a card from their hand. Yeah, like, if this were, like, a Counter Blast, and, like, they, you know, they kept putting, or Counter Blast, Soul Blast, they kept putting this on a bunch of shit, they would run out of resources. You could control those resources. Mm-hmm. But they just made everything too cheap. Yeah. Yeah, and then they also gave Chaos a billion different ways to Soul Charge with the set. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna use, um... Magic as another example here. Because control decks and magic are very well defined. Mm-hmm. Uh, they typically very slow. They play a lot of answers. They, you know, they play a lot of kind of a card filtering, interaction. Uh, and then they have like a big way to win the game, right? Which is generally, which is true of kind of uh, chaos, for example, right? 
Like, it plays a lot of interaction, or rather, in, well, I'm going to call it interaction, right? Because it's present, but it's really just preventing you from doing anything. Uh, you know, they they, pr- they lock you out of the game, and they eventually kill you, right? Mm-hmm. With just advantage. Which is also another way control can win games in Magic. Um, but when removal, like, if you print super cheap removal in Magic, it's very hard to make control bad. Very hard. Because, like, you can't play efficient enough creatures to beat that, you know, to beat that removal. Well, because the interaction in Vanguard is now so cheap, you just can't do enough thing. Like, attacking is now more expensive than interacting. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason. And so you just can't keep that up. Yeah. Or, like, if they have... To spend a lot to interact with you, they usually have ways to refund it, or like subsequent interactions become cheaper as you start to lock things down. Mm-hmm. The fact that Chaos can play Maleftin and not care about two CB is insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the fact that they have a card that basically gives you three soul and two counter charge—that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Zinc was crazy when it came out, and especially because you can search it with. Uh, both Colony Maker and uh, what's what's her, what's his name? Carbon. Carbon. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, th- this is definitely going to be an interesting year for Bushirod, and mm-hmm. uh, we're gonna be here for it. So get ready I for li- it. what? I like that Bushirod made this mistake. It's <laughs> a different mistake than before. So it's interesting. Yeah. But I mean, the, let's were... see how they recover. If they yeah, like I. Like from what we know so far, we'll prob we'll find out more once we get uh Kazuma's new shit in the next episode, but like I don't think set fourteen is gonna do enough to break this control meta. Yeah. And then mm. and then after that it's a whole new like uh not season, but protagonist. So mm-hmm. so we, we might end up we might end up uh getting getting uh like G unit rearguards. Which a who's lot of people pro- are predicting, and I really hope doesn't happen, but who knows? It's going to be like... No, we're going to... Xyz. We're going to... Dude, if we get Xyz, I'm, I'm leaving. Like <laughs> They're putting Zodiacs in Vanguard. God, Wait, please don't. never mind. They already are. Yeah. No, I was, <laughs> I, I was gone by Insectors in Yu-Gi-Oh, so... That's done. Um, well, uh... Anyway, we, we hope you enjoyed this uh, New Year's grab bag too, and uh, yeah, sorry sorry about the dad move with the button, and uh, we'll see you next time. I was Atlas. I'm Matt, and I'm Root Beer, and have a good night, everybody. I want to take the time to thank anybody who found this podcast. Uh, I also recommend sharing it with your friends, family, anybody who likes Vanguard. Uh, you can find us on SoundCloud or on your podcast app, that little purple thing that goes in the folder of the stuff you can't delete, like stocks. Who uses stocks? Anyway, you can also tweet me, Atlas Novak, so at A-T-L-A-S-N-O-V-A-C-K. You can also tweet at Nexus at Night, N-E-X-U-S-A-T-N-I-G-H-T. Or you can tweet the Nexus Core YouTube channel, so at N-E-X-U-S-C-O-R-P-S. Be sure to check out that YouTube channel. Uh, We have, you know, card fights and deck profiles and all that good stuff.